Well, I want to say thank you all for allowing us to be here again this evening. What a joy it is. And my wife and I, we greatly enjoyed being here this morning. And we enjoyed the meal last night and again uh, today for lunch. And the church has been very kind to us. I want to say thank you for that. You've made us feel welcome at, at home. And that includes our girls. They are just excited to be here. And I want to say thank you all for that. Um, we didn't give a whole lot of background this morning on ourselves. We just preached. But being Sunday night, being a little more relaxed environment, uh, I know you all have looked over and heard about us but, and seen our resume. But uh, my wife and I, we are currently living, serving in Rome, Georgia. And prior to that, we served as a pastor in Calhoun, Georgia. And before that, we served as missionaries in the Philippines. And so God has kind of took us with our ministry all over the world and back again. And we're just excited to see what the Lord has for us going forward. And um, I told them yesterday evening at our fellowship dinner, but the search committee here has been a, a blessing to work with. Each of them have uh, been an encouragement to us. And we thank the Lord for the time we've been able to spend together, getting to know them, them getting to know us. It's been a joy, and we'll be praying for you as you go forward and as you seek the Lord's will. If you have your Bibles tonight, look with us to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy uh, chapter, um, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and um, I want to bring a message tonight with the thought of the Word of God. And the Bible is of the utmost importance it always has been and always will be for the church. It is our foundation, our bedrock. And the Word of God is where we will build if we are to build upon a stable foundation. And so this evening I would like to look for just a few moments on the importance of the Word of God, the sufficiency of God's Holy Word. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'll begin reading in 15, verse 15. We'll read three verses. The Bible says... In 2 Timothy 3.15, that, um, and that from a child uh, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly furnished for, for every good work. This evening, if Satan has attacked any aspect of the church, I truly believe that it has been on the Word of God. Even today, the church faces criticism from both without and from within. And many of these uh, criticisms and attacks come upon the Word of God. From the outside, they condemn us because we hold to the Word of God, yet from within the church universally there is an attack upon the reliance and the sufficiency of Scripture. Does the Bible truly matter in 2022? Is the Word of God still sufficient and applicable for you and I? I will say to begin with that there is a resounding yes to that word, and that the Bible does matter for you and I. There are Attacks, again, that are against the Bible, it's against its efficiency, against its relevancy, and against its authenticity. Furthermore, it comes against, and they challenge the sanity of those who believe and obey and rely upon the Word of God. That is you and I. For the world, the Bible itself is a source of hatred and bigotry. 
uh, and a story of fairy tales that are made up that are no longer valid in the day and age in which we live. Yet for the church, it is our source of life, our source of hope, and our foundation with which we believe and build our, uh, our lives, our churches, and our eternity. If there is a falling away from the church, it is because of the neglect of the Bible. Let me say this evening that the Bible does not need to be rewritten, but merely it needs to be reread. Yes, America began to uh, falter when we took the Word of God out of our school systems many years ago. But the truth is, the problem is not that we took the Word of God out of the schools. The true problem is that we've took the Word of God out of our homes. We might still have the Bible, but do we believe it? Do we read it? Do we apply it to our lives? Do we teach it to our children and our grandchildren? Is the Word of God truly supreme in our lives? It is said that if the Lord is not Lord of all, then he is not Lord at all. And I believe that holds true for the Word of God as well. Either it is truth and applicable for all of our lives, it is truth from cover to cover, or it is not trustworthy at all. But this evening we believe that the Word of God is true from cover to cover, from Genesis 1 all the way through the end of Revelations. We trust that the Word of God is true. John MacArthur said that even though the Bible is an ancient document, every person in every situation in every society that has ever existed can find in this book the things that endure forever. Here is a book that never needs another edition. It never needs edited, never has to be updated. It is never out of date or obsolete. It speaks to us as pointedly and directly as it ever has to anyone in any century since it was written. It is so pure that it lasts forever. That is the Word of God. The church believers, we need to fall in love with the Word of God. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, I had grew up in a Christian home, had went to Bible college and, uh, in Florida and had knew many things about God and yet through all my studies and uh, I knew head knowledge of Christ but I did not have heart knowledge. And when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I remember that something changed. No longer was I trying to live for God because I felt that it was the right thing to do. But there was a longing and a desire in my heart to live for God. For all of my life, I had spent trying to read the Bible, trying to study the Word of God. And yet there was always something amiss in my heart. Brother Jim, when I gave my life to Christ, all of a sudden, there was a longing to read God's Word. I could not get enough of it. Many of you can tell me when you got say that there was an excitement and a zeal. You were thrilled to know more about Jesus. And yet, oftentimes, somewhere along our lives, we lose our passion for the things of God. When I first got saved, there was not a stranger I could meet that I wasn't going to tell what Jesus Christ had done for me. I, I didn't know that somebody might not like to hear it. I was just thrilled to tell everybody about Christ. But through time, through circumstances, 
through rejection, through the dirty looks that you get from those who you tell the story to who are not as excited about Christ as you are, you began to become complacent and hesitant in your witness. After a while, you've read the Word of God and you've got a glimpse of the surface of the Word of God and you think that you have enough depth of God's Word that you no longer need it. We come to a place where we are complacent in our study of God's Word. This evening, I want to say that God's Word matters. It matters. For every aspect of our life, from our young, uh, young people who are here to the eldest person in our midst, God's Word applies to your life. First of all, I want to say that it has creating power. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1, we see that, uh, that in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, that word uh, God in Genesis chapter 1 is the word Elohim. It is a plural masculine word, and it literally is a plural, meaning that the God, and this comes in line with John chapter 1 in verse number 1 where the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know that the Word was Jesus Christ, and we believe in the triune Godhead, and Jesus was with God. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We believe that Jesus Christ was there in the beginning. And the Word of God, it has creating power. If you go back through and you read the Genesis account, you will find that God spoke. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He said, let the waters depart and separate from the land, and there was dry land. And he spoke the animals and the birds and the trees and the stars all into existence. And at the Word of God, it appeared. The Word of God, they are creating words. They are words of creation. Who made the heavens and earth, the sea and all that is within them? Psalms 146, verses 5 and 6 says, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever. It is God who is the giver of life and everything belongs to him. We see that Jesus Christ, that God is the creator, and that at the words of God, he speaks and he spoke, and the world came into existence. And I say this morning, that, or this evening, that is important because many of us in our own lives, we are facing circumstances, we are facing problems, we are facing relationship issues, financial issues, whatever the case might be. And we look at our lives and we go, it is impossible that the means the end that I need, the means are not there to reach that destination. And we look at our lives and say, there is no hope for our circumstances. You might be here this evening saying, listen, there are no hope for my children or my grandchildren. You might even be saying, there is no hope for my marriage or there is no hope for my job or my career. You say, look, I'm looking at the circumstances and it seems like it is impossible. I want you to know this evening that God, his words are creative words. He can take nothing and make something out of it. And as long as there is a God and we place our faith in him, we have hope. He has, his words bring life. 
He can take nothing. He can take a pile of dirt and breathe into man's nostrils. The Bible says the breath of life and man became a living soul. Throughout the entire creation narrative, God spoke and the world came into existence. It's at the word of God that our universe was birthed. And yet it is at his same words that you and I have life. He is our sustainer of life. We need the word of God. This word of God, it is able to work in our lives in ways that we could never imagine. We just need to get back to God's word. America needs revival today. Our communities, our homes, they need revival. Well, it's the word of God that does it. It's enough. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. In the church in America, often and for a long time, we have said that we believe in the Word of God. But there is a growing trend across our nation where we say we believe in the Word of God. It's good. There is some truth within it. But we need to add this to it. We believe in the power of the Word of God, but let's it'll work better when we add our program to it the word of god is good but my way is better no either the word of god is full truth the bible says let god be true and every man a liar it's all we need It's not just that the Bible of God is a way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's what we need. It's what our homes need. It's what our communities need. It's what our churches need. It's the Word of God. No one does it have the power to create, but second of all this evening, it has continuing power. The Word of God will last forever. It may be old, but it is not outdated. It may be ancient, but it is eternal. See, there are those who will say today that uh, the Bible was okay for its time, but it's outdated. Mankind have progressed beyond what the words of Scripture are. I want you to know today that, uh, that there has never been words more false ever uttered. The Word of God is truth. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 8 says, The grass withereth, the flower fades, but the Word of God, our God, they stand forever. The Word of God, it lasts forever. Psalms 100 verse 5 says, For the Lord is good, he is, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. I want you to know that the Word of God, it is continuing today. It's effective today and as essential as it ever has been. You say, Pastor, but when they wrote the Word of God, uh, they didn't have Google. I understand that. Yet the Word of God still stands true. You say, Pastor, they didn't have Wikipedia. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Word of God's true. You say, but, but, but pastor, that there are things in the Bible, uh, science tries to disprove the, the flood, creation. 
You say, what do we do with these things? I do not claim to be something that I am not, but I can tell you this this evening that you will never go wrong believing the Word of God. It proves itself true. You can go through archaeologists, they try to disprove the Bible, and they will often say, well, we see this, uh, this town, this people, this uh, grouping of people uh, in the Bible that's been mentioned that we have no evidence of, therefore the Bible is a fairy tale. And yet time and time and time again, give it just a few years, and some archaeologists will unearth some ancient ruins, and guess what the name says? Time and time again, the Bible is proved to be true. Our church is in trouble this morning, not because the Word of God is lacking, but because we're lacking the Word of God. I said earlier, our schools and our nation's in trouble, not because the Word of God has been kicked out of our schoolhouses. And I wish the Bible was still in the schoolhouses, don't get me wrong. But the problem is not that we kick the Bible out of our schoolhouses. The problem is we've neglected it in God's house and in our house. Do you believe the Word of God? Do you hold dear the truths of God? We had many Christians that were as excited about studying and holding dear the truths of God's Word as we are the U.S. Constitution, we'd be in better shape. And I'm not against our Constitution. But how do we cherish the Word of God? Do we love the Word of God? Do we study it? Do we apply it? It does no good to say we believe it if we never read it. I wonder how many of us have Bibles that are at home, and hopefully they're here with you tonight, but maybe not. How much dust is collecting on them? You see, it takes more for us to be people of God's Word, it takes more than just a little Sunday morning, a Sunday night, or maybe a Wednesday night thrown in the mix here and there uh, for us to, to learn and to be students of God's Word. We must have a steady diet of the Bible. I said earlier, our, the SBC is dying because we are lacking the Word of God. Our churches are dying not because the blood of Jesus has grown cold, but because our pulpits have walked away from the Word of God. I make this promise to you, church. If God so leads and brings us here to North Etowah, I promise with everything within me to preach the Word of God. I've got opinions. I've got thoughts. But they're no better than the next person's without the Bible to back them. It's the Word of God that we need. We don't need the next man's 12-step program or 13-step program. We don't need the next big idea. What we need is a diet of God's Word. Our only hope for our nation, 
for our churches, for our homes, is to return to God's Word. The Bible says all Scripture is given of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. You say, Pastor, but you don't know what I'm facing in my life. No, I don't know what you're facing. But I can promise you this, the advice, the wisdom that you need is found in God's Word. We can give counseling, we can give advice, but any advice or counseling that is given that is not in accordance with God's Word, it will not help. God's Word is enough. Lastly, along that same line, the Bible, God's Word, it has counseling power. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, as we just read, is profitable for correction and for instructions in righteousness. I'm not against counseling, psychology, or self-helps. Matter of fact, I am wrapping up a counseling class right now and, and writing papers on it, and, I, and there's great benefit to this stuff, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. But counseling, psychology, whatever it might be, it is only as good as it is reliant upon God's Word. And that's the problem with most churches. We've got to the point where we want to take our pulpits and turn them into a place that we give good advice instead of God's Word. And it is God's Word that makes a difference. Psalms 119, uh, verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It is the Word of God that gives us the directions that we need. Many times there are those who come uh, for advice and counseling and, and I will give advice or counseling according to the word of God. And people say, preacher, is there anything else you can say? And there's nothing more that I need to say. God's word is sufficient. It's enough. Don't wait. What I'm trying to say is don't wait until all else fails in your life to turn to the Bible. The Word of God is our uh, first resort, not our last option. God's Word. It has counseling power. If we would just learn to depend upon it. And then lastly, this evening I want to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Verses 18 through 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 24 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since is the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached or through preach, preaching to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block. To the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God 
and the wisdom of God. It's communicating power. It can communicate the gospel message. It is the gospel message. You say, preacher, I want to disciple. I want to lead people to Christ. How do I do that? There are tools that can be used. But the truth is, we do not have to build up or glamorize the gospel. It is the power. God's word is power. It is truth. If we will just commit to being students of God's word, to being pupils of God's word, to live it, to read it, to abide by it, and to share the word of God, it has the power to transform lives, to bring those that do not know Christ to repentance and salvation. It's the word of God. This evening... I ask, do you believe the Word of God is enough? Do you? If we truly believe that, it should dictate our lives. It should. The problem is, oftentimes, and I'll close. Oftentimes, we see that many Christians, many believers, sit in a church pew, and we had this discussion with someone who suffered great loss within their family, um, relationship issues. We talked about it just a couple of days with them. The problem is many Christians sit in church pews just like you, And their whole life, they hear the truth, and they believe the truth. If if I were to ask you, you might say, yes, preacher, I believe that God's word is true. I believe that it is sufficient to transform my life, to give us what I need. I believe the Bible. But our conversations are not changed. The world still dictates our worldview. When crises arise in our life, the teachings and truth of God are far from us. If we believe the Bible the way that we say we do, and we study it, it will transform our lives. The problem is most Christians around the world, we have allowed the world to dictate and control our worldview instead of the Bible. How do you view the world? How do you do crises? How do you deal with issues? How do you view life? Is it through the lens of God's word? Or do we allow social media? I'm not against social media. But most people nowadays, social media has more input in our life than God's word does. That's a problem. It's a dangerous problem. 
We need God's word. Do we believe it tonight? If so, then my challenge is this. As God's people, why don't we commit to say, God, I believe your word is true. God, with your help, as the psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from God's word. It's a living Bible. It's a breathing Bible. It's full of life. I could go on and on tonight about God's word and how real it is. An old preacher, a man I loved and respected, he used to say at night, when everything's quiet, I like to get my Bible and pull it up close to me in bed. Pull it real close, and he would say this. He would say, church, he said, if you'll get real quiet and put your ear up to it, you can hear it breathe. It's real. It's alive. Everything that you and I have need of is right here. It's sufficient. We need nothing more than to rededicate our lives to wholly and fully lean upon God's eternal word. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to come to you in prayer tonight. God, I want to say thank you for your word. Lord, I can't imagine going through life without having the assurance, the knowledge, Lord, that you have given us instructions. Lord, may you forgive us for Lord, any aspect of our life or time of our life where we have failed to love your word. God, may you stir up in our hearts or a desire and a passion, Lord, to learn about you. Lord, may we be known, Lord, may North Etowah be known as a church that the word of God reigns reign supreme in. And Lord, may we be faithful to carry out this word and to share it with the lost and dying world that the power of the gospel might transform lives. Father, we love you and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.